I have a simple request. <laughs> Stop what you're doing. It's time for the Afternoons with Josh and Ken, a silly look at a serious world. Doesn't matter when you listen, Ken. It's always the Afternoons. <laughs> I like that touch. Do you like that? I like that touch. I've been listening to a lot of uh, old school baseball announcers. Oh. And thus, you know. Which ones? Which ones are striking your fancy? Well, I I never listened to a ton of Jack Buck. Jack Buck is here. Yeah. And the Cardinals so, are coming in the game with a 4-3 to three lead. <laughs> Speaking of leads... Leeds Mattress is down on 24th and 13th. He's the best. Part of St. Louis. He was the bringing best. Bringing the second inning stretch to you. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, and because I'd heard, um, I watched this clip that I'd seen before, but sometimes I go yeah. back and watch because it makes me really smile. Right. It's a clip of Artie Lang making fun of Joe Buck on the Joe Buck uh, show. Yeah, and that's the infamous Artie Lang interview. Yes. And he's kind of like paying homage because he loves, he's a baseball guy. Right. But Joe, I don't, I don't dislike Joe Buck, but I know a lot of people he's, do. But he's yeah. got his personality minus. Right. It was that was an uncomfortable interview. Yes. But that was funny. That was amazing. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, I gotta go listen to some Jack Buck, and you can go on YouTube and listen yeah. to old Jack Buck calls anywhere from That's like right. a full game, yeah, to just a couple innings. It's and so I listened to some Jack Buck, and I also, I mean, love Bob Euchre. Obviously, he's still Euchre. announcing yeah, today. Yeah. Um, but uh, there is, there is, there's a guy by the name of Mike Lang. Um, he's a Mike he Lang. is uh, a peng- the Penguins announcer for the oh, okay. uh, in Pittsburgh. Oh, hockey, <laughs> hockey. Uh, and we used to have this guy called Bob Prince. They called him the Gunner. And and uh, Gunner, um, <laughs> did they call a, him Gunner or the Gunner? The Gunner. Oh, or they're yeah. like, "What's up, Gunner?" <laughs> yeah. He he wore. Have you seen the show? Um, uh, it's, it's the one with Hank Azaria on Sundance or IFC. Oh, Brockmine. Brockmine. I have it on my DVR okay. to watch. Haven't watched one minute. It's of very it. funny. I have it's, all episodes DVR. It's very one funny. Second. You'd like it. Yeah. Uh, but he wears this red plaid jacket, and that's what Bob Prince was famous for. The Gunner was famous for this uh, this red plaid jacket he wore during every broadcast. Yeah. And then who, the guy that followed him was a guy by the name of Lanny for Terry, and I went to high school with Lanny for Terry's daughter, uh, uh, Lanny. Megan. Lanny. Okay. You would wish it would be Lanny. Damn yeah, it. Lanny. What a missed opportunity. Lanny and Lanny. Yeah. And uh, and he was pretty good. But I, so, so Mike Lang does this thing where he's like, it's a hockey night <laughs> in Pittsburgh. And so I've been like calling Amanda and leaving her voicemails like uh, Mike Lang. As you should. And uh, she, she's you know, like, going good for your marriage. Yeah, great. 30 to 45 second voicemails that she listens to. <laughs> And then I started leaving. Did you happen to watch the Emmys this week? Did you watch? It? I no, I was playing the PlayStation. Okay, yeah, more important. Do you me. know who this Hannah Gadsby is? Have you uh, seen her special on Netflix? At I, all? I know, uh, I know of her. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people. Nanette were f- is the special. Yeah. Nanette, correct. Well yeah. done. Um, she is from New Zealand. Yeah, and she ends all of her comments by ending a what up tick, up tick. And so I will start leaving messages on Amanda's voicemail like Hannah Gadsby. <laughs> so I did an Australian one yesterday, and I know she's from New Zealand. But so, um, present, but yes, that's, that's the, why I've that's been the worst New Zealand accent ever. <laughs> present, present, trying to do uh, uh Reese, Brit, Jamie, yeah, present, Jamie, present. <laughs> I need to rewatch season one. So, uh, you annoy your wife with messages, correct? Is what I'm uh, with different accents and Mike Lang uh, announcements. <laughs> I love how so. we go from Jack Buck to annoying your wife, <laughs> correct? Yeah, we can, we we'll can see you tomorrow night. <laughs> That's my favorite. Well, what, what's your favorite Jack? Do you have a favorite Jack Buck call? I don't think I have a favorite See, I one have, uh, 
I can't remember the one in 85 when Ozzy Smith hit a home run off Tom, Need- Tom Needenfear in the a- uh, 85 NLCS. Okay. And that's the Jack Buck one. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy, folks. It's a home run for the Wizard. And, uh, and then he has the Kirk Gibson one. That's, yeah. I love... Vince Collies, sure. you know, uh, three, two pitch. Yeah. So uh, this is, this has got to be a home run in the year. That's the impossible, the improbable right. has happened. Uh, but that that's the Jack Buck radio call where he's like, I don't believe what yeah. I just saw. Yes. I don't believe what I just saw. That's Jack Buck going on two bad legs. <laughs> two. Yes. Yeah. And then the Kirby pocket 91, the, uh, uh, the twins, uh, Braves world series. Which I actually think it's one of the best world series ever. When we'll he see catches you the, the tomorrow night, when he catches the ball against the glass, yes. remember how Minnesota used to have the glass Gosh, in the outfield. Absolutely. Yeah, it was like a Metro, hockey, hockey like a glass. target field. Yeah. We could talk about baseball announcers yes. for a long time. Sure I mean, could. Dear we are nerds God. when it comes to that kind of stuff. I love that stuff. If yeah. Mark Ellis was here, where oh. is Mark Ellis? Have you seen I him just, lately? I just saw him. He's back from the USO tour. Okay, it's, already. Uh, him, Bob Hope. We'll see uh, you Le- in America. <laughs> Lena Horn. Uh, really? No, I don't know. I just, I accepted the Bob Hope. Oh, he opened for Hope. <laughs> it was Hope, <laughs> Lena Horn, and the cast of MASH. Lena Horn's a good boy. Yeah, thanks. Jamie Farr was there. <laughs> you don't need to wear a dress no. to entertain me. Ken Venturi just chipping <laughs> balls into the into the midst, and they were and catching Mark some Ellis. old Titleist Baladas. Mark Ellis in a blazer. <laughs> yeah. The golf club. What's the deal with sober scooters? I don't know why I just went Seinfeld on Mark Ellis. I love him. I love him. Uh, I haven't seen him. That guy's crazy. Yeah. That guy flew from Toronto to the Burbank, back to Toronto mm-hmm. in like a span of seven hours. Ken, I one time drove from Burbank to my house twice in a day and yeah. I was exhausted. I traveled this past weekend, got home Sunday night. Uh, Grace was like, you want to uh, stop by? Say hi. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> Three-hour drive. <laughs> I'm all right. When, uh, I'll see you tomorrow. I know I shouldn't. I'll see you <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> night. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, baby, you want to come over? <laughs> nope. We, we got to go through more of Jack Buck's clips because I'll really remember those three. Yeah. And then we just see how how long you and I could communicate to people in real life with Jack Buck just quotes. Jack Buck calls. Uh, Ken, do you want to go to Chili's? It's a 3-2 pitch to the wizard. <laughs> I used to do this bit in my stand-up uh, that only worked in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think oh, I may have told you this. I but 80% of my jokes yeah, were only good. Only good in LA. In I tried to city. do this bit at a college, and it ate shit. Oh, that's tough. Uh, colleges are really tough. Uh, tough. If I went up to a college at this age, right, in my age right now, and I was un- unknown, I would be thrown to the wolves, right? Safe zones. Safe zones. But... At, when I was 26, I was still looked college age. Right, I right. Still You're still there. Pull it off. So I would just do, you know, like 10 to 15 minutes of jokes, then an hour of crowd work of just messing with these college students. Sure. And they loved it. I mean, right. it was, I was making fun of these dudes and hey, how many beer bongs you stick in your butthole? Like that kind of stuff, right? I hope the answer is at least one. <laughs> Zero to 10. Okay. <laughs> See you <laughs> tomorrow night. <laughs> I don't believe what I, I just saw. saw. It's a beer bong and his butthole. So, um, 
So uh, what were you talking about? Uh, you oh, go to college is the bit. College. So I, I tried this bit. bit. It's been, it's just, so when I first moved to Los Angeles, uh-huh. I was uh, I was delivering groceries. Oh right? yeah, and yeah. I was delivering a lot of groceries during the nighttime until I got a bartending job. Okay, so I was delivering groceries for about six months, right? Yeah. And it was it's actually a pretty fun job. You just go to the store, you pick up the groceries, you take it to somebody's house. In between, you just listen to music. That's great. Seems good. But so I would be listening if the Dodgers were playing the Pirates, or it was a, it was a cool game, or I just there was no talk radio on, and this was right. before podcasts, really. Sure, I mean, right, this right, two thousand six. Six, whatever, because podcasts we didn't blow up until like two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, they were there. Yeah, they were there. As far as far, you figuring them out, how to listen to them in your car, right? Non-existent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I'd listen to some old Vin Scully calls, and I would notice yeah. that Vin Scully was perfect at t- at calling the game while also having a full-on conversation about something totally non-game related with himself. With himself. Yeah. With nobody else, he'd be like, "And um, coming to the plate." Uh, <laughs> Todd Zeal. Now, Todd Zeal's parents were born in the bayous of Alabama, down low, one away. Uh, his par- his father, Zombie, that was his nickname, Zombie was born in the jungle, and uh, he bore Todd Zeal on the on the prairie, and would have two damn ball high, and like, he would just do the whole thing. And Spins I, yarns. I would, I, would, I, would, I wrote it out, dude, and it was like a three-minute bit, three minute bit oh, full, almost four minutes, of just Vin Scully calling yep. a full inning of baseball while giving a background story. I think I was doing, at that time, I think I was doing... I think I, oh man, what was the the Dodgers shortstop for a while that was pretty good? Eric Karros, maybe? Well, he was the first base. First baseman, yeah, Eric Karros. Jose Offerman, what was the other era? Nomar was there for a while. Nomar was there for a bit. Yeah, I'm trying I forget, to remember. I would ch- sometimes change up the players' names. Sure, sure, But sure. I would do basically the same story, same story. right? And I, and I would just nail like the pitch count in there. And you've never seen eyes just glaze over quicker glaze over. than a college crowd. Because let's be honest, baseball yeah. is getting less and less popular less with the less. younger people. Yes. Uh, especially listening to it on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Is there a Dodger podcast? No. <laughs> yeah, no? Got tuned to 570 AM. Uh, so that one bombed it, but I would do it. I'd done it at the comedy store at the improv and it kills. Kill. If I go in the audience and I see a bunch of old people, I'll be like, hey, anybody baseball fans? Anybody yeah. Vince Scully fans? All right, let's hear it. You guys ever notice it? Vince Scully just like tells a Tell story. story. And I remember I did this show and there was a guy in the front row that looked like, kind of like a... Um, What's the guy's name that used to eat the full pizza at the end of the commercial? Remember, you like eat eat the pizza. Oh, was it Dom DeLuise? Dom DeLuise. Dom yes, DeLuise. Yes. Okay. Great, good old the late great Dom DeLuise. Right. right? He, front row, yep. Dom DeLuise in a Cosby sweater, <laughs> like in a Bill Cosby <laughs> a sweater. Cosby sweater, <laughs> right? And I wanted to make fun of him, but he was laughing so hard he at the could. Vin Scully bit. Oh, I yeah. didn't make fun of him. At the end, he comes up. He's like huge bear hug of a man. That Vince Scully bit was hysterical, wasn't it, honey? And he points this woman that is clearly a mail order bride. I right, mean, this right. guy it's is made of money of yeah, somewhere because yeah. she was like, "Yes, yeah, very funny. Yeah. It's, yes, yes, yeah. very funny." It's shape in the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, Vince Scully. Said Martin Short's character for <laughs> yeah, Father of the Bride. Correct. Right, we go with that. The chip, a chicken. <laughs> um, you could do that bit around the country. Just, just change it to any old baseball announcer, <laughs> Ernie Harwell. Harry Callis yeah, of the Phillies, many- John Crooks at the plate. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you can yeah. do that. Harry Callis is yeah. classic. Harry uh, Harwell. Uh, well, I but yeah. I was I used to get the Vince Scully voice down pretty good. But I guess yeah, they all kind of sound yeah. similar. Yeah, I mean, put it on a forty style radio. I was yeah. like, ah, because welcome. they're all old radio guys, yes. so they yeah. they're used to talking to themselves. Yeah. Oh, it's a golden era. Oh, now man. we got Joe Buck. Hi, Troy. <laughs> I don't really like baseball. <laughs> A couple years ago, like ten years ago, in the World Series, he was yeah. he still is the lead announcer for uh-huh. Bucks. Just because his dad his was dad's Jack Buck. Jack Buck. Yeah. Ah, baseball's not my favorite. 
I kind of miss the NFL with Troy on the weekends. Like, yeah. go, then okay. leave. Okay, Joe, we don't need leave. you. The only guy still doing, I think, in my opinion, still doing baseball, at least that I know, Charlie Steiner still has a great voice for baseball. Uh, he's a he's the Dodger guy, along with Rick, uh, Rick Monday. Rick Monday. And Ross Porter was a great one. Yeah. He was Vin's protege, but backup. Okay. Uh, and, they, and Ross would mostly, during the golden age, would in the 80s, for them, would handle the radio while Vin handled the, the TV, for the most part. Right. Uh, and you could hear Ross by the first inning. He's like, all right, Bob Welch on the mound for the Dodgers. By the ninth inning, he's like, where's Bob Welch? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And you're like, how much were you drinking? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. How much? He was great, though. I miss that. There's the, Mike Lang is famous. There's this, It's an urban legend. I, yeah. I don't know. I know a lot of people that have told this story, but I've never heard like an actual person that know what like was there yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. Okay? So there's this bar near the, it's the old, the old civic arena is where the penguins used to play. Now right. it's called PPG paints. It's in the same neighborhood. PPG paints. It's arena. just a paint. Store. It's a paint store. Yeah. Uh, when you walk in, they ask you what color <laughs> ticket you'd like. And I was like, I'll have a cobalt blue. If you don't mind Ooh, a good cobalt. Yeah. Blue. Yeah. yeah. So Winkle. <laughs> mm, delightful. Yeah. So Mike Lang was famous. He loved Jim beam. Oh, big Jim yeah. beam. Drinker. Oh yeah. Okay. And Jim beam. I mean, J- uh, Mike Lang smoked a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> I mean, he had a he has During a voice for hockey. Yeah. You turn on any Mike Lang uh, uh, announcement. Uh, go ahead, if listeners out there that are like, why do they keep talking about yeah. sports announcers? Do yourself a favor and listen to old sports announcers because oh, you'll know rec- and you'll be so enthralled by yeah. it. Yeah. it doesn't matter that they're announcing uh, like a regular season game against the A's in 1987. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter. It's still oh, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. But so there's this bar by the old Civic Arena. It was called Froggy's. And everybody used to go there. My my high school girlfriend's dad has a plaque on the bar at Froggy's. Oh, yeah. If you like donated enough money or spent enough time there, they gave you, you get your own a plaque placard. on it, right? And they like had a, his wake at Froggy's. which plank is owner if you're in a Navy ship that, Correct. that, that it, sets out first. Yeah. 100%. Sets, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, uh, let's donate this park bench to Ken and Marissa Knapsack. They <laughs> they walked here every day for 45 years and uh, took a seat on this bench. I don't know why I just named yeah, your wife I, Marissa. I don't know. I wouldn't like to meet her. <laughs> hell of a gal. Hell yeah, of a gal. Hell of a gal. Big Jack Buck fan. <laughs> so, so Mike Lang, uh, he would he would stop at Froggy's before most games and right. just kind of like have a cocktail and then head up to the arena. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Penguins that year were horrendous. It was okay. like supposedly this was the year after Lemieux got there. So we still weren't mid late like 80, no, like 86. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 86, yeah, gotcha, 87. Gotcha. Uh, and the penguins were a good team, but we weren't great until we got Yager. We got him in 89 okay, and yeah. then we won the cup 90, 91, 91, 92. That's right. I had a couple hockey cards back then. Yeah. Yeah. So Yager, classic mullet, all oh, that kind of stuff mullet. came in. Yeah. And, and the mullet's still a popular haircut in Pittsburgh. So <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I, if I could grow one, I would. Yeah, I had one. So <laughs> you had hockey hair. I had Dennis Eckersley mullet. You did. I had a baseball mullet. Yeah. Yeah. That's just called long hair. It's called yeah, a... Yeah, thank you. It's more of like a... Short sides. A, a Farrah Fawcett feathering. Yeah, trim sides. Yeah. 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 Shave those yeah. damn sideburns, man. So, so Mike Lang stops at Froggy's. Right. Mm-hmm. And we are terrible. We only have like four regular season games left and the weather is finally broken in Pittsburgh. It's basically like April, you know, cause like the hockey playoffs start beginning of April right. and it's a warm day at the Takes end of while, March, yeah. beginning of, of April. And nice Lang smell. shows up to froggies and he has a few cocktails and he tells the bartender, he's like, I'm going to take the bottle with me. And the bartender's like, ah, he's like, I'm taking the bottle with me. <laughs> he takes the bottle up to the, up to the arena. Yeah. Calls the whole game comes back down to Froggy's with like a shot left in the bottle. 
and he gives it to the bartender. He's like, put it on the rocks. And he finished. <laughs> so he finished the bottle from like pregame, did a pregame, pre-game. show, an entire pre-game. hockey game, and then came back to the bar and finished the bottle. And I bet he didn't even do a bathroom break. No. Bet Are you just, kidding me? Bet he just dug on in. This <laughs> power play is brought to you by Bowser. Bowser, Pontiac, and Ha. If you like Pontiacs, get down there. All right. <laughs> They just don't. I don't think they allow for that anymore. No. After a while, they just send everyone to like a school of broadcasting. Yep. And y'all come out and you say you're, 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 you pronounce every syllable and you don't drink on the job. <laughs> and I, it's, it's not the same. I, I want, I'd love, you know what, dude? That is a really funny sketch idea if it hasn't yeah. been done before of an old school baseball announcer going to a school of broadcasting, <laughs> like the Dan Patrick School of Broadcasting in Azusa Pacific. <laughs> right, 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 right. But he brings in Harry, is Harry Callis still alive? Harry Callis passed away. Okay. Uh, after the Phillies won the World Series in uh, 08, yeah. But I mean, it would be great if Vince Scully was very honest. He walked <laughs> in and was like, hello, kids. Vin Scully here. Welcome all to give all the pregame stats and stories after this. Today's Dodger game brought to you by Johnsonville Brats, <laughs> the only Dodger dog brand trusted to Chavez Ravine. Um, so I, I just I would love if he goes in there like kids can't do it. Yeah, let me tell you a little something about broadcasting. It's ninety part precipitation, ten percent perspiration and 40% alcohol. That's 140%, Vin. Shut your mouth, kid. Respect your goddamn elders. I'll punch you in the mouth. Make sure you got the suspenders on that you want to wear for the entire season. Pick your suspenders out. The one that uh, holds up your trousers. That's what you got to do. If you're going to grow facial hair, grow it before the season so the fans aren't shocked mid-season when you've suddenly grown out facial hair. Me and Mike Brito, he does the radar gun behind home plate at Dodger Stadium. We go out afterwards for chips and salsa and hookers. (laughs) That wouldn't be Vin. Vin was an upstanding uh, man. Vin was like a Christian. He was a religious man. Uh, we'll create an announcer. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's basically Bob Euchre in in Major in, in League. Major League. Yeah. But in all honesty, those dudes existed oh, around yeah. for sure. Yeah, and there's still some. You know, Vin retired just last year, but he's gosh, what is yeah. early nineties? Yeah. That's craziness. He uh, uh, the golden age. But there's this guy by the name of uh, John Steigerwald. He's a Pittsburgh local sports guy. Oh, you know, with like these KDK. Pittsburgh guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he wrote this book about his early days in broadcasting, right? Yeah. And he worked with Bob Prince. He worked with the gunner. Yeah. And the gunner refused to pee in toilets because he thought that it was a waste of water. So he would pee in sinks everywhere he went. <laughs> and when they were <laughs> when, when they were at the in the 1979 World Series against the Baltimore Orioles, which right. the Pirates won, they were staying at a house right by the old stadium. By yeah, the, yeah. I think it was called like Old Memorial Stadium or right, something. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. Memorial Baltimore. State of Baltimore. Yeah. And Pal used to play there. They would have to do the remote radio from this house and then they would go to the game. Yeah. And so they would do this pregame and, and he said one time Gunner comes down, he's like, ah, I just pissed in their sink. And he's like, Why? He's like, Ah, toilets are for the, a big waste of water. You'll see one of these days. What the is- toilets are gonna be our downfall. Steigerwald is like a nineteen year old kid fresh oh, out of high school that just wanted best. to get into broadcasting. That's the best. And you know yeah. what? He's not wrong. No <laughs> problem is Gunner's not wrong. He's not. I love it. All goes the same place. Weird stories like that. I know. I know some guys. There's a guy who created an animated show, and I don't want to give it away. But he um, he works. At, he worked at Nickelodeon for a long time, and okay. then he ha, he. A lot of my friends knew him, and they and they they tried to just ride this guy's coattails. But I had some other friends who weren't in that circle, and they worked at Nickelodeon, and they were like, "Oh, that dude pees in jars," <laughs> and the janitorial's always complaining that he has jars of piss in his office. And it's like, what is this crazy? Who are these people pissing in sinks and jars? They're trying to be, you're trying to be functional, but it seems like at least, uh, at least this guy had an ethos. Uh, yeah. You know. It was just a sink. The other guy was crazy. There was, um, 
there's a there's a frontier league in in minor league baseball. Right, right. It's called the Frontier League, and I think it goes from like Maine down to the Carolinas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, kind of like the Cape Cod League. Correct. Too. Yeah. Right. So there was a team outside of Pittsburgh called the Washington Wild Things. Sure. Oh, okay. I see where right. it comes together you for that? you. See? Yeah. Washington, Pennsylvania is yeah. right on the border of West Virginia. It's the last major town in Pennsylvania before you got into West Virginia. It's like right. the right. southwest corner of Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. And the Washington Wild Things played at, you know, it, it's, it was like a bigger high school stadium. Sure. Beers were three bucks. Nachos were like two fifty. Metal bleachers. Yeah, oh yeah. Metal yeah. bleachers. Uh, probably sat like maybe a thousand people or That's something good. like that. About. Sellouts easy to attain. Totally. Yeah. So, but the, the announcer for the Washington Wild Things sat in, in an open air Obviously, like an open air thing, right. right above home plate. So if you were sitting behind oh, home plate, there's like three. You could hear them. You could hear what's going right on. And the one day he's like, "And the Washington Wild Things is brought to you by Icy Light Beer." If you notice, the first base coach currently drinking an Icy Light beer <laughs> right there. That's Jack so and so, whatever. Currently enjoying what seems to be an Icy Light. Hey, Jack, you enjoying the Icy Light? And he just raises, raises the beer. beer. That's the Frontier that's- League baseball. That's that's um, our sitcom. Yeah, that's the show we need to be that's writing. That's the show. That's the show. Why are we not working on that? We're trying to do this stupid podcast <laughs> thing. What are we doing? We should be writing Frontier League for the audience now. I agreed. We'd win an Emmy. The Frontier League. We win an Emmy. There yeah. it is. It's just called the Frontier Frontier League. League. Yeah. What are we waiting for? I don't Life's know. passing. It's a good by. question. I uh, you watched the Emmys? I I didn't. I, well, I did. Yeah, I did. It was uh, it was a, it was a program. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched the Emmys since 1997 when I was hoping for uh, Just Shoot Me to win Best uh, Comedy. Well, yeah, it, it, rightly so, yeah. deserved to be one. I don't think it did, well, but no, yeah. Just Shoot yeah. Me, classic. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's it's tough each year. Um, it's a lot Emmys, of shows. A lot of shows. Yeah. Uh, a lot of shows that get snubbed. You know, Truffle oh, Pumpers, not nominated. Truffle Pumpers, not there. I, I'm not surprised Jessica Flash and the Green Bulb, those comic book well, shows, yeah. superhero shows, aren't going to get the They have their own award there. show. It's like yeah. the Saturn Awards or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the Nick Jr. Awards. Yeah. Slimy, like that. the old slimies. But Truffle Pumpers, this, the work <laughs> they did this season. Ian McShane should have won for Best uh, Guest Star. Yeah. That's a big giant. It's a huge snub. one. Uh, best supporting actor, mm-hmm. uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, for most of the season, I mean, the set pieces alone, I get it. I get it. Game of Thrones is big. Yeah, I understand. Uh, the Andover is yeah. huge. Yeah. Uh, another huge show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you can't forget about Cement Creek either. Cement Creek. Is it a, didn't get nominated? No. Why Again, is that? I know, well, y- here's the thing. is Season two of Cement Creek, right. uh, You because lo- they killed off Hmm. Spoiler alert, you killed uh, off your main lead, Emma Thompson, at the end of season uh, one. And a lot of people were like, oh, she'll probably come back. She you know, fell but, in the cement. But she fell in the cement, and we I never knew saw that her was again. Happen. And what they really focused on more in season two was yeah. that the cement creek is actually polluting the town. People are getting oh. sick. Instead of focusing on the character drama behind the actual stopping of the cement creek. Right. And the damming of the cement and the creation <laughs> of, because this is a naturally occurring cement well. Yeah. And, that, and it exists nowhere else in the planet. Right. And I, because I thought when, when they brought in uh, John Larroquette to be the town mayor, <laughs> yeah. I thought Perfect this was going to be like, kind of like Game of Thrones is a lot about the Battle of the Throne. Mm-hmm. But lately now, for good reasons, it's now with the Night King and the bigger right. Battle of the World. Right. It sounds like that's what Cement Creek is doing. And that might have costed an Emmy now. Well, I think, you know, there isn't as much interest and intrigue in the mm-hmm. actual damning 
of the cement creek as it was about containing because right. we all thought that the cement it was this naturally occurring cement well and the drama and money behind creating and yeah. and, and capitalizing off the cement well yeah but now we figure that it's a fissure in the world and the cement that's being poured mm. in the community that they're laying foundations with right. is actually poisonous and people are getting sick right um and i i love it's like an aaron brockovich kind of it story. is like an air but it's like set it's set in uh, you know the UK, which is a lot of good shows where they right. should be. And Larroquette's English accent was some of his best work since Night Court. <sighs> well, Absolutely, I mean, yeah. But then you I got, didn't even know he had that accent in him. Really. No, he, he pulled it out. But then you have the young lead, Art Parkinson, who of course mm. was was Rick on Stark on Game yeah. of Thrones. And right. I thought you know uh, he's bringing some some pathos to this role of the the uh, nephew of the mayor and how he's realizing the problems the cement is bringing to the city and maybe to the world at large. I don't know. Sometimes it gets too preachy, but I really like his work. He's stretching. Well, you didn't know. You, what you didn't know yeah. was that an an excess of cement right. is an actual problem because uh, you're yeah, losing yeah, greenery. Yeah. You're losing. You don't. You have nowhere to put this cement right. when you're trying to actually transport it. It's not staying liquid long enough for it to be transported. Right. So they're trying to actually cementize or stop the cementing of right. the town. But the problem with with all of that is that all the bureaucracy in and around the cement well mm-hmm. and and the actual cement creek and and where the cement creek is going to go, the tributaries right. will the, will the actual cement make it to the river? Is it actually going to become an environmental uh, an absolute disaster, right. or will this town get it together and put it all together? When you lose your female lead and you just have the male leads fighting the whole time, right. you lose that that yin and yang, that that yeah, lovely yeah, bit yeah. of that show. And you know, when they brought in Jessica Biel after Sinner season oh, one, yeah, they bring yeah. in Jessica Biel. You think, oh, Jessica Biel's going to be great. But here, yeah, she's a double agent. Uh, well, and I don't know if they used her to the best of her ability to, yeah. to do that thing. To bring in a double agent in the intrigue, it's not like uh, Truffle Pumpers that plays out over time. There's like a, there's only 10 episodes per season right. for Cement Creek, and I think they're trying to squeeze a lot in there. No pun intended. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's not, I, I'm surprised, but I think it was a snub. I do, I do too. It, yeah. It, uh, you know, in the comedy realm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there there's a ton of snubs at least on our end. Oh well, I, I thought there was absolutely a lot of uh, you know I know the Golden Globe seems to recognize the comedies the people yeah. love a little more, but there was the HBO sex comedy I still like to bang yeah. uh, with Thomas Jane and Gina Gershon, yeah. which is an older couple getting uh, post divorce. Um, but it, they still love each other, but, and se- yeah. relationship-wise, right. they can't be together. Sexually, sexually, they the still figure, is, let's try to make this work. Right, it's right. a little sex For the in the kids. city, uh, you know. Meet Suburbicon. Meet Suburbicon, and and I really like I like those HBO adult comedies. I do too. You know, this one's about laughs and screwing. Yeah. And I thought though, this might be. I worry about HBO because he got so much competition from the audience network now, and and people and streaming services that I think so, they're trying. Uh, they're trying too hard, but I thought I thought I still like to bang. Brought in some realistic, a realistic look at modern sex for people over thirty. Well, and it, what what happened was I think in I still like to bang, which yeah. is um, I, I I'll stand by it as a genius title because it really when you're clicking through you see it you get what it you, is you get what it is yeah. And I thought what they could have done was gone a little bit older, uh, uh, maybe with a you know uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Like an, if Ed O'Neill took away from from Modern Family, like you had an Ed O'Neill oh, romance, like, perhaps with like a Helen Mirren. Oh, kind like of you, because because they're in the early fifties. Yeah, uh, Gina Gershon, Tom Jane, but you want to go 
like older, 60s. 60s, 70s. See, if it was an anthology series yeah. and each season is a different decade of banging, uh, that might work. I don't disagree. Because you could uh, you could get Elizabeth Moss. She's been looking right. at some lighter fare since right. Handmaid's Tale. Uh, Elizabeth Moss and maybe right. a Ray Fiennes oh, uh, yeah. trying to get in there. But I thought... You know, what's crazy is that Clint Eastwood hasn't done an acting role where he's been banging right, right. in a long time. Yeah. And now so if you get some 80-year-old banging on HBO, it's an Emmy win right there. I mean, his pants are hiked up high enough now that his, his balls are being oh, snuggle-hugged in yeah, there. Yeah. And uh, to be honest with you... Um, get I, off my balls. Get off my balls. Yeah, I thought, I, you know, there's just a lot of things that could have been done. And I still like the bang. I thought was kind of snub because there were a lot of HBO series that that did get it. You had Barry. Yeah. You right. had uh, I'm a painter. You are not. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, yeah. Which that is was, hysterical. It's a hysterical look at modern art classes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I thought that was because um, it, it really does. It makes fun of what we always kind of think are right. what it is, what it is. Yeah. You, uh, you know, I saw some the other day post on Facebook. You're like, I'm, I'm posing nude tonight for an art class. Right. And I'm like, well, that'd be a funny scene. Right. And, uh, you know, posing nude for the first time. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a painter. What is it called again? Uh, I'm a painter. You are not. I'm a painter. You are not. Yeah. And it, it just really kind of it, it pokes holes in the uh, the modern industrial complex of modern art yeah. and where it fits in our everyday psyche as far as what is art? Right. Ken, what is art? What is art? But the characters all it, told are fantastic when, yeah. it, when it... But it just got... I mean, that's a snub too. Yeah. I don't know, and, and and then I know they um they really snub I think network comedies now because mm-hmm. it's not the golden age. It isn't no. Ellen or Seinfeld anymore Friends. or Wings or anything like that. But Family I matters. I, I thought I definitely hate my neighbor on CBS was going to be just great and it's a and it's about um, a democrat and a republican uh-huh. republican family living next to each other of course and the, the hijinks that ensue yeah the hijinks that ensue that it's 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 very funny realistic take on what's going on in the tim world tim allen cedric the entertainer right uh, yeah, together. You, I, I I definitely hate my neighbor. That was a good I thought that was a winning combination. It's sort of like a taming of the shrew um <laughs> Meets Romeo and Juliet, meets Hamlet, right? Meets uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, meets the Bridges mm. of Madison County, right? And <laughs> right, when you're putting all those together, all those together, it's a lot of themes. But the problem is, if this seats a network, I know, and something like that should have some kind of sex in a bathtub, uh huh. And they don't, they can't do it. No, of CBS. No, 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 if no. it was CBS All Access, okay, I think maybe that could work. We we and it's interesting to see the effect of streaming shows on the Emmys and a lot of like the, you know, Amazon getting, you know, the the amazing Marple Syrup got the, what was it? Um, marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mars, marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh-huh. um, who should need to have some maple syrup. <laughs> um uh, that that deserves a win. But he, well, here's the thing too. With with CBS and I definitely hate my neighbor. You mm-hmm. have you know uh, Tim Allen, Cedric the Entertainer. Tim Allen's still on Last Man Standing, right? But, dual, but in between there, roles, so then yeah. you have the dual role, yeah. and we have there's a crossover it's event, a shared universe, a shared universe. Tim Allen from Last Man Standing finds yep. out that Tim Allen from I Definitely Hate My Neighbor has a twin brother. It's a very right. passionate episode. And then Kevin James from King of Queens and uh, the new Queen of King of Queens, which yeah. is called Kevin Can Wait. Kevin Can Wait. Yeah, he crossover, It's yeah. a four way crossover. Yeah. The families have what they call uh, a field day, if you will, and there's all <laughs> kinds of events. There's the two-legged race, the old sack yeah. race. There's a and the and the episode ends clearly, obviously, in the right. softball game. Right. 
Right. And that's some of the funniest TV you'll ever see. Yeah. Kevin James can't swing the bat. Tim Allen and his twin brother get into a huge <laughs> screaming match. And what's crazy is about that, yeah. the, the camera tricks are so much so that you actually see Tim Allen yelling at nothing. Nothing. Right. Yeah. I love the episode where Tim Allen calls the police on Cedric the Understander because he's selling lemonade with his kid out front. Mm-hmm. It really ties into the racial tensions yep. of, of the day. Yeah. And I thought yeah. it was a poignant episode. Do you like the animated comedies on like Netflix that you think they should be nominated? I do. Huge BoJack Horseman Bo- Jack Horseman. Um, uh, do you watch Starship Poopers? I don't. Which watch is a Starship science Poopers. fiction animated comedy about the janitorial staff of a spaceship. Huh. Uh, it I don't is, think this has popped up on my uh, no, recommended it, it list. Uh, you probably just watch like Last Jedi. Oh, okay. And you're, you'll get uh, a recommend Poopers. for Starship Poopers. Okay, okay. And I don't really don't go for poop comedy. I'm, I'm not a big. American Vandal season two. Season two, American Vandal, yeah. Turd Burglar. I'm on board for that. Okay. Um, but Starship Poopers, it's just a good workplace comedy set against the backdrop of a progressive crew of, of, of astronauts mm-hmm. uh, trying to go forth and explore the galaxy. And what happens to their poop envy? Right, because it's a question, you know, do you think, you met Buzz Aldrin. Did you yeah. ask him at any point, Buzz... Did where you, is your poop? Where did where did you poop on the Apollo missions? Yeah, I, I didn't get to that question. Yeah, that's but probably a good thing. Yeah, he might have punched you. It was definitely on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. the whole time because I was thinking to myself, where does it look? Go? I'll be honest with you. No matter the situation in life, where do you poop is at least the third question. Oh I have. yeah, I, I'm, I'm telling you, the older you get, the more you think when you leave the house is I better not drink too much water yeah. because I don't know where the bathroom is where we're going. Right. Yeah. I, I was I went had to go to the forum to yeah. see that Game of Thrones show, and I was like, oh. I don't know if I... We all know the forum. We the forum bathrooms yeah. are downstairs. Anyways, yeah. I highly recommend Starship Poopers. I don't know if it is, was now, Emmy is, worthy. But. Is Casper Van Dien in that as well? Uh, he has a cameo. Oh, okay. It's kind of a meta, uh, you know, uh, he plays uh, Johnny Tico and he's like oh. the head janitor. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but it's more of like a figurehead. It's a cameo. Oh, it's okay. a cameo. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, Jack Black has a voice in it. Is this sort of like the IT crowd, that British show yeah, meets, yeah, meets kinda uh, is. Starship Troopers kinda. meets... K- kind of. The Orville meets... Orville's a little bit okay. uh, a good way to look at it there. Gotcha. But yeah, I highly recommend But again, it's workplace comedy is a timeless art form. Okay. And I love corporate. I love been watching corporate on Comedy Central huh. streaming, um, which is... Uh, well done. Re- well done. But yeah, this is... Uh, I highly recommend Starship Poopers. Okay. Yeah. I I think the, probably the biggest snub and the one we've just been kind of dancing around mm-hmm. is uh, A River Puns Through It. Oh, that have you is, seen a river pun? No, is that, that I've heard about that one. Okay, so everybody's like, "Oh, it's just a bunch of puns," which it is. Yeah, and you love puns. I do. I'm a big pun yeah. guy. Is um, Tom Skerritt in that one too? Tom Skerritt is yeah. in that one. Uh, they call him Tom Chariot, and uh, that doesn't really make much sense. But I don't it's know if still, that's a pun. <laughs> might be a bad nickname. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but a river puns through it. Everybody's like, "Oh, the whole show is puns. The whole show is puns." But you don't realize by the end of it, mm-hmm. you've heard so many puns that that you you realize how smart yeah. this show is because it, not every word is a pun. It's not like a musical yeah. where everything is sung like some bunch of idiots. Right. And what well, for people don't understand, I I know it's set against, and this is and this is real. Yeah. You could look up on YouTube. There are uh, national pun competitions uh-huh. every year. And this is kind of like a best in show look at it's a docu series. It's a docu series. But but it's mocky doc, but yeah. it's, they play it straight a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. It, it's really entertaining. Yeah. Christopher Guest plays a man by the name of Christopher Christopher Breast, uh-huh. who had his uh, breasts done over oh, a yeah. gambling experiment. I missed that episode. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty funny. Uh, that explains um, why he looks a little different later on in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Will Sasso's in it. Yeah. Uh it's it's a great time. I, I again I'm not a huge p- fan of puns, but I enjoy this kind of style mm, of comedy. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Well, that's our Emmy snub. That's the Emmy snub. 
snubs. What do you guys out there listening to the afternoons? What do you think of the Emmys? Uh, do you think uh, everyone should have won? Uh, who who won? Uh, any snubs? Let us know. All right, and let us know at the end of the day uh, what your favorite River Puns Through It episode was from this season. Because absolutely, I think ours is. Uh, it was yeah. it's called the flying buttress. It was a they were down in a uh, southern river yeah. outside Louisiana, and uh, and they were building cathedrals. Yeah, and, out of buttress uh, trees. Out of buttress trees. Yeah. It's had some rain down there. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the NFL season starting. It has. Happy to see Mojito. Yeah, uh, getting some big huge uh, looks. Well, our first our the first big sponsor from yeah. this season is uh, first year starter Travis Mahomes. Yeah, throwing ten touchdowns over two weeks, and he. Yeah. Gives all of the credit to Mojito. To Mojito. Yeah. He suffered from turf toe uh, in college. Oh, terrible. And he found uh, Mojito over the counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pharmacist at a Walgreens recommended it. Yep. He says, just look for the one, you know, with Trent Green on the box. Right. And he found it. Mm-hmm. And whoo, next thing you know. Zing, zang, zong. He's throwing 10 touchdowns in the mm-hmm. NFL. I mean, if you don't see Joe Montana with the Chiefs uniform on the box. <laughs> Yeah. You know it's not Mojito. Yeah. And the anniversary edition of Mojito with Joe Namath in his Rams outfit, right. uniform is what they call it, uh, that's a special edition one, an extra 10% special off. It's the same year as the uh, Franco Harris and the Seahawks jersey <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, edition as well. But Mo- Mojito really having a hell of a kickoff I love it. to the season. The official so. sponsor of some pregame shows. <laughs> uh, nothing on network. No, Just no, 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 uh, no. Idiots uh, in a room. In a basement yeah. in Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Uh, still thinking the Regional. Buffalo Bills may win a game this year. Regional. Regional, yeah. regional, regional theater. Yeah, this is off, off, off Broadway. Absolutely. This isn't. I, I did a play when I lived in New York and theater. Uh, and theater. I actually yeah. did two plays when I lived in New York. Ken, two. I did two. You did two plays. Uh, and, if, and I also starred in a uh, feature film called Plasterhead. No I think theater. I knew that. Yeah. Um, but I was in two plays, two Ken. theater productions. Theater. Um, One was called The Sword Politic. It was a period piece. W- wow. And I played a young prince. Could we adapt that into an Emmy snub we, show? We could, The Sword Politic. No, yeah. no problem. Uh, the other one, I forget the name of it. Shoot. What Are was you, it? you good at memorizing lines? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm bad at it. Really? That's why I backed off at theater. <laughs> we went to, uh, I told you the last time we went to that play at uh, the Pasadena Playhouse. I was telling yeah. you about it? Yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Francis Fisher, Jason Alexander is the director. Right. Yada, yada, yada. I saw the script because my mother-in-law had it. And they there's a ton of memorizing. There's only four total people in the play. Can't do it. Four. Because I'd go up there and be like, so what you doing? Like, yeah. That's not your cue. I mean, got to be. <laughs> I'm too wooden. When yeah. I have to memorize lines, like we would do some of those collider video stuff, <laughs> some of the sketches, yeah. I'm too wooden with my lines. You think but if so? you're like, just, just bring up the camera. Riff and, it. And riff, I I get some laughs. Yeah, but I I, I, I and I I'm shooting something this weekend. True story. With have you heard of this guy? Get out of town. He's a up and coming director and Wait, cinematographer. Is it uh, Copster? Robert Butler the third. Oh, RB RB three. I'm shooting a short film with him this Saturday. Really? This is 100 percent true story. He sent me the script, and I'm like, how many lines? There's, there's no way I can memorize this. How am I going to do this? Oh, but no. it's Saturday. I've got time. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Ooh. And at the time of this, so if you're listening to this, I'm shooting tomorrow. <laughs> and I probably have just as many lines memorized as I do now. I So in eighth grade, mm-hmm. we did a show. I forget what it was called. It was something luncheonette. It was like a like a scary movie or not scary. I mean, it was sort of like Little Shop of Horrors, but not really. Wait, was it called Little Luncheonette of Terror? Yes. Okay. Do you know this? I did it in eighth grade. Get out of here. Were you Mongo? 
Uh, I was the sheriff. I was Mongo the monster. I was the sheriff. There's pictures on my Facebook page. Get the hell out of here. Uh, afternoons listeners, Ken. we often don't plan this show at all. Never. You just discovered on this is very organic and real. I oh was in the little lunch at Nettaterra in eighth get grade. Get out of here. I was the sheriff. I had an old uh, cowboy hat and a little uh, rifle. Yeah. I'm gonna. I, I have a picture on my phone because my mother just sent it to me. Little lunch. Uh, hold on one second. One you were Mongo. Uh, I was Mongo. I'm me Mongo. I mean Yippee Okay. I was a singing. I was sing- My mom made the outfit. I look like a stone okay. dinosaur. Wow. Pretty awesome. Wow. Um, and uh, my buddy Jim Clark, who's now a pastor, he played. Uh, he played the little luncheonette of terror. He was the like the main guy. Right. Right. Um, shoot. Trying to, uh, as as we're doing this here, I'm trying to uh, go back in time and see if on my Facebook page if I can find the pictures. Yeah, this is great me. podcasting right this now as we talk about podcasting. Pictures, right? Just two people. Yep, I got it right here. I got it right it. here. Okay, I'm gonna flip it around here. Uh, little luncheon at a dude. Ours look just like that. Little is that lun- your Mongo? Uh, that's your Mongo. That, that's no. That's our. Uh, there was a scientist who was checking oh, on things. checking on Mongo. Yeah, little luncheon at a tear. I did little it. Little luncheon at a tear. I'm, I'm faking, <laughs> faking that song. Luncheon at a yeah, tear. Yeah, there's uh, there's me as the sheriff arriving into town, to, into the luncheonette. Look at you. Dude, that's yes. weird. Uh, I, I got. I'll find this and send it out. That we should, is weird. We should really talk about it. That is why you and I are meant to be podcasting together. We were both in a really uh, bad plane, junior high. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. So here's the story. We we're talking about lines, yeah. memorizing lines. Yeah. Okay. So Mongo had a bunch of lines, right? right. And uh, the first time we did the play, yeah, in front of the whole school, mm-hmm. we did like seven performances, right? Right. And the first performance was in front of like seven or eight of the classes, probably like two hundred right. people in there. Yeah. And I, 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 I skipped like 12 pages of dialogue with a cue. Just Q. jumped ahead. Yeah. And so I jumped ahead and everybody looks at me and I look back at them and I was like, just kidding. <laughs> what I meant to say was, and then the play kept going. Kept and going. afterwards, my music teacher, it was a sweet lady, um, Mrs. Musser. She was amazing. There's always a Musser. Uh, she was like, I got to tell you. You're thinking on your toes there of keeping the play going was hysterical. We may want to throw that in, and I was like, nope, I, no, up. Up. no, 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 no. Up. I don't think I want to do that. I think I just yeah. want to keep that, keep it. I didn't, I, I hadn't perfected my improving just yet. Right, right. That first performance, I really knocked it out of the park. It's terrifying. Oh yeah, I, I forgot my lines, uh, my lines uh, in a groundling sketch on in the show and oh, the performance. No. And when my scene partner Kate Connor, uh, it was a weird moment. She forgot a cue. And then that, instead of reacting and playing off it, and plus it's sketch comedy, you could improv something, right? I like repeated, I like went before her line and like re, like I reserved the ball to her in uh, a tennis match. Like, fault, fault, do it again. <laughs> it was really awkward. Then we just stared at each other for like oh, four man. seconds. Like, what are we doing here? That is hysterical. What are we, that's probably why I'm not there anymore. Yeah, Little Lunch and a Little Lunch and a Terror. Ken and I both starred in Little Lunch yeah. and a Terror. Am I. My junior high play career was um, we did a version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. All right. I was uh, Oompa Loompa the first night. I was Mike TV the second night. Oh, that was well great. Done. We did a little thing we shot on a camcorder. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they the put old... me in a VCR uh-huh. for the TV scene. Uh, then we did um, a play called Luann, which is no. like a musical. Was it like a Dolly Parton? No, it, it was like a... like. <laughs> Luann, Luann, we'll always 
love you. Um, how do I describe Luann? It was like a coming of Yo, age. I love yeah, coming of age kind of kids. But okay. it was a it was a comic, almost like a comic strip type gotcha. of character. Gotcha. Then eighth grade. Now, nah, so I was kind of a supporting player. Okay. Come back to eighth grade. My drama teacher, Mr. Lebo, Mike Lebo. I had a drama teacher named Mr. Zebo. Zebo? The wow, Z. Is, we're in alternate universes. Yeah. We're like the the uh, different version of the Seinfeld crew. Uh-huh. The, the bizarro Jerry. We already have a George. Yeah. We already have a George. No, he pulls me aside like the first week of class and he's <clears> like, <throat> uh, you're going to be, uh, you can be my big star this year. And I was like, what? It's terrifying. And I was Fred Gailey in Miracle on 34th Street. Whoa. I had my first kiss on stage. Holy in front of my um, And then, uh, then we did the little, little Lunch Net of Terror. Look at you. Yeah. Big wig. I was a big wig down to the cracker factory. See, yeah. see what, what happened, which was kind of a bummer, was uh, in high school, I never really did. I did a boys' chorus so I could go to Florida on yeah. like a trip. But uh, I, because <laughs> Florida into Pittsburgh is, is the most exotic place in the world. You're doing like show choir. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? The Christmas show, I did a solo in Malikaliki Maka. <laughs> The Italian or the Hawaiian the classic Hawaiian song, yeah. So, uh, but in in eighth, seventh and eighth grade, I did the musicals and the plays and stuff, and they were a blast. But in, because in high school I played sports, so golf and swimming and baseball, right. I couldn't. I had no time to do the musicals or anything like that. But my sophomore, but every year, yeah. I the the music teacher really liked me, and um, what was her name? She was hot. Anyway. She, yeah, she was young. She came in when I was a freshman in high school. It was her first year, and she had just come off Broadway. And she said oh, she was wow. tired of being on Broadway and doing the same show every night, sure. so she wanted to be a teacher. Wanted to be a teacher in like, Pittsburgh. That, that doesn't, it doesn't sound, seem to work out sense. too well. But, yeah. So uh, she, we were a thing, and you know, I be the class clown and kind of all over the place. Sure. And I didn't have a bad singing voice. I don't have a good singing voice. Yeah, right. You do karaoke. I mean, I can, I can carry a tune, but I'm not exactly, right. uh, you know, uh, doing the squire in Man of, uh, Man of La Mancha, <laughs> right? So uh, she, every year, she mm-hmm. would beg me to do the musical. She just right. begged me. She said, come on, you, it'd be so much fun. You could be this character or this character. Yeah. I just, I, I can see it. I can see you. you're like so a- charismatic. <laughs> you can work the audience. And I was like, well, I, well, I can do crowd warm up before the, you the love audience. Doing she, that. Goes, yeah. she goes, what, what do you mean? I said, I could just go out there, crowd mic it, and, you know, yeah. start working the crowd. I'm like, where are you coming from? And they're like, well, they're all coming from Upper St. Clair. And I said, no, I mean, they're yeah, coming from know. all over, whatever. Just, so my my sophomore year, she begged me. I said, I would always ask, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I went to a pretty conservative public high school. Right. Okay. Um, so they were always kind of boring musicals. And my senior year, she's begging me. I said, listen, if you do Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, yeah. I will be your Gene Wilder. I, yeah. will, I will put on that suit. I know every song. The, the set pieces can be incredible because we had this this group of moms mm-hmm. that would make these set pieces that were just, they were like Hollywood set pieces. Right, it was unbelievable. Right, 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 right. And she said, no, we can't do that. It's not a pure musical. And I said, well, we can make it a pure musical. All we have to do is just add what some chorus pieces. Yeah. We can, you know, she's, you know, I, we can't paint normal sized people to be Oompa Loompas. It's like, we yeah. have a bunch of short girls in the thing. It's fine. <laughs> so, so, but she, and I said, yeah. listen, I'll be your Gene Wilder. Bring it up to the powers that be and see if you make want it. Make it happen. And uh, instead, I think they went with, uh, Brigadoon. Yeah. So, okay. so we never went with Willy Wonka. But that was always you, you my dream. I, you and I could have been. I know. My dream was to be First of all, Willy Wonka. You've just described like the plot of Grease 3. <laughs> trying that uh, the young teacher from Broadway trying to get the swimmer on the team. <laughs> the know, greaser, the but greaser. he's a swimmer. I, I don't Instead do of stuff. greasy hair, his hair is just hay from the chlorine damage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't get over the image of you in any kind of show choir. Yeah. Just you sitting there in some robe. Singing like an all boys version of I'm gonna, Madonna's "Like a Prayer." I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna the next time I go home, 
I'm just going to take a bunch of pictures from my please, high school yearbooks. Please. Freshman through, because I know there's a picture of me in the show choir robes. I know there is. Just like a prayer. <laughs> All boys can take you there. Just like, like a mystery. <laughs> You won. So here, so the story behind me, I've told this story a couple of times, but the reason I wanted to get in boys chorus because you went on this trip to Florida. Now you go to this trip to Florida, you go to Disney World, everything's amazing. I made out with this, this girl who's two years older than me. It was amazing. So, but the band, our high school band yeah. won every award. They won first right. place in everything. The, the female chorus, first place. The male chorus, <laughs> Didn't even didn't get even mentioned. It was just because the teacher was like, what song do you guys want to sing? And he was offering these all these classic ones. And I was like, sure. Journey, don't stop believing. So we can get the do not stop believing. It can hold on to that feeling. And, and uh, they did not. They weren't feeling that. My, so. uh, my old roommates and I in the early 2000s were obsessed We'd be bored. So it was my friend Aaron Alexovich. He was uh, ended up designing a lot of stuff for Invader Zim. My okay. friend Casey Alexander was a story editor for SpongeBob. For years. They were all Cal Arts guys. Okay. My roommate. We used to sit around because we only had one TV back mm-hmm. there, right? So we just would sit around, and all of a sudden, one of us would be like, "Who? Who? I say, who let the dogs out?" <laughs> and then the next one would, and we would for an hour. Just be like, I ask you once again the question. <laughs> who I say, who I say, who let the dogs out? Like we <laughs> just, it's all we would do in awesome. the early 2000s. That's awesome. Before you had Twitter. And this though, is what we did before social media, kids. Right. Well, it, I also too, you know, you know me, I, I'm not a big fan of musicals. Right? I, so I, I can't I, stand they them. Kill me. Yeah. They kill me. Just destroy me. And that's why I always said, be in the musical, be in the musical. One, I hate them. Yeah. Two, I can't imagine rehearsing for three months for a musical. And and three, a musical that I didn't want to be in. Right. Right. There's no payment for any right. of this. You're in high school. It's whatever. You're not making any money. Yeah. Uh, there's payment no glory. Memories. I wasn't, yeah. you know, I mean, I, what is it? I was going to make out with a band girl. I was always yeah. making out with swimmers. Yeah. It was great. Um, <laughs> And uh, Brent, Greg, <laughs> Tito. How dare you? Joni, Julie, <laughs> Jackie. There's three J's right there. Hey. Um, but yeah. uh, musicals. But, but, you know, the thing now, I was yelling with Roxy this morning about uh-huh. it because she loves this Mamma Mia too. Mamma Mia. I again. know. Ash Crossan does too. Yeah. And, and look, I'll say this right now. I, don't, I think people who do musicals are talented. Super I talented, ain't just, sure. ain't, It ain't for me. Not everything in life needs to be for me or for you. Yeah, for it doesn't need to be. Yeah. Yeah, I just... That's I just, why there's 900 shows on TV right now. Yeah, I can't buy into it. I, I can't mean, buy it. I just don't... I get taken out. I need that bread. I must steal that bread. Like, <laughs> just take the fucking bread, man. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> Singing about it. <laughs> All my life, I've wanted bread. <laughs> Can art the title of the episode today be just take the fucking bread? <laughs> Nobody's going to get it, but I think they're going to understand go. it. There, there we go. go. Oh, man. So Roxy likes Mamma Mia, too? Yeah, she likes there the I musicals. Now, I like ABBA. See, I'm not a big ABBA fan I mean, either. I don't own anything by ABBA, but I can... Do you know why I don't like ABBA? Right. Because I worked at a karaoke bar in New Jersey. Sure. It's, it's why I don't like the song Love Shack or Sweet Caroline. Okay. It's because at every night of karaoke, sure. somebody sang Dancing Queen. Love Shack and Sweet Caroline. Oh, look, I love Every, Neil Diamond. I, I get it. But I have yes. Neil Diamond's greatest hits. Neil Diamond's greatest yeah. hits live. I have old Neil Diamond records. I love Neil Diamond. Twelve songs by Neil Diamond. Two thousand five. Oh, my favorite album of the year. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I just I can't listen to Sweet Caroline again. I just can't do it. So good. It's it, so good. I and everybody's it. like, 
they'd like do their things in yeah. between other things. I mean, yeah. Penn State at the third quarter break, we'd have to sing Sweet Carol. <sighs> <laughs> Red Sox, they sing it all yeah, the time. I don't, I don't yeah. even know how that works Me out. Me neither. I don't know. He seems like he's more of a Yankee fan anyways, but... but yeah. But ABBA with Dancing Queen, I, then every song I hear from ABBA just makes me think of Dancing Queen, and I don't want to hear that song anymore. Yeah, I, but, I understand. But I'm with you with the singing. It's like, hey, so the plot line is moving along really well. Oh, we got gotcha. you. Yeah. It's time to sing about the place where we are. It's not going to further the plot. <laughs> we're going to sing. We're going to dance. We're going to point it's, the toes. We're going to look at Ken Napsock in his nose. Yeah, and yeah, none of these songs are tremendously... Good now, you know, like a good rock opera, maybe. Yeah, I could get behind that. Sure. Again, again, I think these people are talented. If if you're out there listening, you're like, well, I'm in a musical. You're probably tremendously more talented than me. One thousand percent. I better. give you that. I just I don't want to go. People are like, have you have you seen uh, have you seen the one down at the Pentagus? Have you gone down there? I don't I don't care. I don't <laughs> okay. care. I have one exception to the rule, and yeah. I thought I was going to hate it. I went to see Wicked. Which is the the prequel to sure. the Wizard of Oz? Yeah, I, I okay. I'm interested in the canon of Wizard of Oz, yeah. Wizard of Oz more than now, the songs. The actual musical itself mm-hmm. is not the best, okay. but there are two songs in that musical right. that they reprise a few times Which one? that are amazing. One's Oz called "Never Gave Nothing to the Tin Man." Is that a song that he didn't didn't already know? That's a song from the '70s. Oh, a, yeah, is that Which, from the Wiz? It's like Bread or America or something. Oh, okay. Like that. Uh, I don't. I, no, it's yeah. my bad on that one. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, Mark Ellis would have got it. Yeah, probably but what's these songs? This, I remember well, song one of them is one was called popular. Pop, popular. Yeah, I remember hearing that I one. Be popular. Yeah. So when they start singing that, my brother Kristen and I are both kind of like, singing oh, that one. Yeah. All four, one of her. And then um, Defying Gravity is the other one. And it's it's something, man. It is. It's a hell of a ditty. I, I think it's just. <laughs> but see, those songs are catchy. I'm Jack talking about the old. Yeah, I. I, I I don't know what it is. I think it's because the musical songs, like I love music. I love rock and roll, baby. I love three chords and the truth. Give me three minutes of a radio single. I get it. I'll sing along to that. But I think it's just this, the, the, they're too plot heavy. The songs, (laughs) they're just too plot heavy. I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, Just say the words. I mean, I, you know, I just want with or without you. I don't know if I can live with you, but I'm not sure if I can live without you. I'm thinking about it. He's thinking about it. Like, get the hell out of here. People dancing behind me. Yes. People dancing behind me. Ken, have you watched uh, the producers? No, (laughs) never. But it's one of Mel Brooks. I know. Fine. Mel Brooks is great. Cool. Not going to watch it. Done. Not going to watch it. With you. Yeah. Uh, well, we just probably offended a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, tons of people. But what did you say to Roxy? You yelled at Roxy? I like, didn't yell at her. I just said, tell me why. Tell me what's the what's the plot and why. Tell why is it why. better? Why is it yeah. a good musical? I want to know why. Right. And everybody always says, well, like, it's, it's, not, it's not about the, it's not about the plot. It's not about the, it's, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a lovely time. Like, just a fun time. We just might be grouches. I we understand. Might, we might Look, be. Look, again, I understand. I, I. It's no lunch net of two. Yeah. No lunch and edit terror. Oh, let me tell you, and I had a sing in that, and I wasn't that good. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I get it. Not everything is for everybody, and I'm getting tired of, of every, everyone feeling everything has to be for them. Right. Just let some things not be for you, and yes. I, that's the way it is, whatever. But I, yeah, just uh, that would be my nightmare. My nightmare would be if someone's like, hey, got us free tickets to Pantages. Yeah. To, to see uh, Wicked Miserable. <laughs> 
It's the first French Wizard of Oz crossover. I went to see uh, Rock of Ages at the Pantages one Right, time. yeah, and that's a rock Which, opera one, right? Yeah, and it's got, you know, it's got Def Leppard, and it's got right. Journey, and it's got all that kind of stuff in there. So I was enjoying the music. I can take that. But the actual plot line, the actual right. st- is terrible. And at the end of it... And they made that movie out of it. Well, know. which is brutal. Uh, and then at the end of... of Rock of Ages, the lead character kind of says, and then they fell in love and they moved to Glendale to raise a family. And I was like, wait, where's this going now? And there's like, you know, because sometimes in entertainment, success isn't everything. It's what you find in life that's success. And I was like, wait a second. Shut up, John Lennon. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Get out of here. Okay. So wait, I just watched this whole freaking thing about succeeding at being a rock star and an actress on the Sunset Strip. And you're telling me the end of this, not even in a fake musical, are people winning? They're not even. They're not even <laughs> succeeding. They're just moving to Glendale going to have a to baby. Glendale next going to the to brunch at Foxy's. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Love that. I I walked out Love and that. I'm saying you, that if, you want a victory. I went with an ex girlfriend. This is like yeah. five or six years ago. Right. Like this musical was terrible. She goes, you didn't like the music. I said, I didn't like the message. <laughs> the message was horrible. It was t- give up on your dreams and move to Glendale. What, Good were, luck. Were the songs? Were they music? They were style? fine. Yes, that's the problem. With it, pour some sugar on <laughs> no, me. No, no, no. It was just like choirs go like, pour some sugar on me in the and name they, of love. I mean, I guess I can kind of take that. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm okay with it. Like, I like the, uh, uh, you know, that, that kids choir in the 70s that recorded the album, and there's the one they do the Beach Boys song yes. famously. Yeah. Um, uh, I like I like stuff like that. Okay. But but okay. I just can't. Uh, not in a not at the Pantages. I'm with you. I'm with you. I like the Pantages. Sure. I saw Steve Martin perform there. I right? give you, you the know, Pantages. Come on. Yeah. All right. Send your letters of hate <laughs> to Josh and Ken. Um, and make sure you send us your letters about your thoughts on season two of Cement Creek. Please. You know, and uh, you guys, if you're listening right now, you saw this week I was on the Wangers. Uh, I was on with Cody and Cobster, Christian Ruvacalba. And uh, you still can't say his last name. I can say it pretty well. Ruvacalba. Ruvacalba. Yeah. Yeah. Ruvacaba. I used to have a, a kid who used to work for me, Javier huh? Ruvacaba. Ah, okay. Yeah, Ruv, we used to call him. Oh, Ruvy. Flip. Cobster. It's Cobster. Cobster. Anyways, I was on there. It was a great time. And we talked about Jessica Flash and the Green Bulb. Ooh, the controversy of, uh, controversy of uh, Teal Bulb, the yeah. comic version. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had a, a fan write in, was very upset that oh. the show does not use. Uh, well, teal is you hard know, to get across on TV sometimes. That's what I said. You know, do some of the green. Uh, they wanted to make it the Green Lantern lookalike. They wanted to maybe trick people into watching the mm. show. And what? See, I had I drove a teal Geo Prism in <laughs> college, and uh, I totaled it in yeah. college. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Why is your car? That car is like an ugly green." And I was yeah. like, "It's teal. It's teal." So now the green Dolphin bulb's got to be like, "Hey, green bulb." And he's like, yeah. "No, it's teal. It's teal." Which actually, in season three, if he goes back to his roots. Mm-hmm. I mean, season, if he, yeah. he starts, he gets an alter ego called the Teal Bulb. Teal Bulb. Could work. Just grow yeah. goatee. Agreed. I bought some Teal Converse when I was home. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't broken them out you. yet. Brought okay. some pink Converse, Teal Converse. Whoa. Yeah. Ken branching really, out. I was going to say, you're really getting out there. Branching out. You're Once like you a real start, Han Solo it's like a, It's like a tattoo. Yeah. I don't have tattoos. Do you have a tattoo? No. Yeah, no. What am I, barbarian? Yeah. Uh, and uh, once I, you know, once you start, you, yeah, you can't you, stop you, or yeah, something. I have like a that. friend now. She's like, I haven't seen her in a couple of years. Saw her on Instagram. She's like a full sleeve. Oh yeah, that's you know, that's good for business. On all sleeves, yeah, including her legs. What do you do with that? What are they? What's what are these on? sleeves called on uh, on the legs? Uh, Is it leaves. <laughs> 
Leggings? Leggings? Yeah, I got a legging. Got a, full tat- legging. a full tattoo legging? A full tattoo legging. I think that's about right. Um, uh, we, we're almost... Pick it up at uh, Lululemon. Yeah, we're almost out of here today. Just we got a few <laughs> more minutes here. I, you know, we're busy men. We got a lot of things to do. Uh... <laughs> And you got some construction work to get to. Uh, I do. I'm I'm redoing the Josh McCuga show set. What brought apart this? Well, you know, Ken, uh, they say when you talk, they say marriage is about compromise. Love and marriage. (laughs) Would you like me to do this part of the show in musical form? I wouldn't. Okay, cool. I didn't want to do it either. In a one and a two and, and a, a one, three. two, three. My wife, Whoa. she didn't want the Josh McCougar set in didn't the house anymore. It. Didn't want it. Didn't want it. So I made a compromise and took it down. Took it down. Compromise is the secret to marriage. When your wife says she doesn't want something and you give her a counter argument, there is something that we call a compromise. A compromise. So we compromised and I tore out the set and I brought it down to the sidewalk. When I brought it down to the sidewalk, I realized things were too big. So I called the bulk pickup and the bulk pickup said they were too big. And a homeless man lived in it for a night. He most definitely did because it's sort of a layout futon IKEA couch. Anyway, uh, so (laughs) I couldn't keep doing that. that. Um, Yeah. So I tore down the set. And forgot how many nails and screws I put in that thing. There's probably like 50 holes in my wall. Oh, no. Took it all down. Uh, I was going to, br- I brought the desk because I can't get rid yeah, of the desk. Yeah. I brought the desk to Collider and we may do something. That's we're a put, good desk. We're yeah. going to put a thing on it. Get some history there. We're going to do some things with it. Yeah. Uh, I was going to bring the backdrop, but I couldn't get the backdrop out of my apartment without taking it off oh, of yeah. the wood thing. Big. And so uh, I just decided to get rid of it. You had a good run. I had a good run. I had a good run with this set. It was two years, yeah. and uh, Amanda was tired of having it in the house. And to be honest with you, it took up a lot of space right. that was just unused space. Right. So what we're going to do is we're I'm building a special uh, little set there now uh, mm-hmm. with chairs and some cool backdrops and right. a television, and um, have a little more multimedia capability. I perhaps. like that. Okay, different kind. Look, yep. the Makuga show's got a. Got to grow. Got to grow. Evolve, anyway. Correct. Right? So uh, we're going to put some cool things. Um, there for the show, and uh, I just—I'm in the middle of painting that wall. So wow. I had a, I, it was underneath there was blue. So the old Josh McCuga show between the sheets, yeah. remember it was a blue oh, wall hey, with hey. that framed picture. Yeah, the big one. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so I painted the wall blue back then, and so when I took everything down, that blue paint was still there, still Ken, there, still there. So we put two coats of white to get rid of that blue, and now I, I know. Now I've got to paint it this uh, bluish gray color that Amanda picked out. It's great. And so uh, there's been a lot of work. I had to fill in all these holes, sand it all down, lay cardboard all over the floor so we didn't get paint on the hardwood. Uh, You did this by yourself? Did it all by myself. Amanda was uh, in Orange County last night, so I did all of it by myself. You know, I work construction. There's something about yeah. when you when you grow up in a construction household and a okay. blue collar is the actual job of getting a project done feels pretty good. I mean, I understand. I recently learned to hang pictures. Mm-hmm. Took me it's 42 years. Yeah, I feel pretty accomplished. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. I can imagine it extrapolated out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feel feel good. Mm-hmm. Fucking hey, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. This is when are we going to see the new set? Probably within the next two to three days. Wow, you're yeah. fast. Yeah, you should o- you should open up a Kuga construction. Well, Thad and I were talking about it. I texted him. I said, dude, uh, I took that set down. No problem. We could yeah. we built that thing in a day. Yeah. Took it down in two hours. I mean, I, uh, I got production. Yes, we. Uh, I did good work on that thing. Did good work. 
This is impressive. I saw yeah. the picture. Yeah, looks scary, right? I, I, and, you know, and look, like I said, you had a good run. Marriage changes uh, people for <laughs> good ways, uh, and this is something you had to do. And I, I, I commend you for. Thank you, sir. Uh, compromising. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. uh, maybe in the it's next... Good. The Josh McGugger show is going to look a little more mature with the same amount of immaturity. <laughs> Perfect. Right? Perfect. And then in the next Josh McGugger report card segment, when yes. Amanda calls in, yep. we'll get the we'll get the whole picture. See uh-huh. how you did. Get your grade. Yes. Get your marriage grade. <laughs> Thank you. Ken. That, I appreciate that's that. That's always good. Yeah. That's yeah. always good. No, uh, yeah. No, I, uh, I was... I was I was impressed with your work, sir. Well, I'm I'm happy to show you anytime, Ken. Well, uh, you know, you see the set we have here for the <laughs> afternoons. If you're watching on, but you watch the video clips, yeah. it's a cardboard uh, fold up I bought <laughs> for thirty dollars, and it stains my walls, and I don't know how to clean them. Well, at least you don't have to fill them in. Yeah, I don't have to fill no holes in the walls. <laughs> yeah, but eh. it does have a picture of Rick Roden. Yeah. Um, on either side, Alex Trebek and uh, Josh. And that's Kuga. important. Ken Napsack, Rick Roden, sixteen wins in 1987. <laughs> Very important. Coming to the mound, Rick Roden. Now, if people don't know, Rick Roden's son, Tanner, big fan of the afternoon's ball low one in the dirt. Now, Rick Roden, huge fan of the mustache for most of his career, recently shaved out of fear of being recognized as somebody from the adult film industry. Curveball in there for a strike. One and one is the count. Rick Roden's family, originally from the uh, Baja Peninsula, moved across into the southwest. That's a strike down the middle. One and two to the batter. Roden, 14 and 10 on the season. Early on, been throwing some heat of late. Has been feeling pretty good. Ball two away. Just missed the corner. Now, Rick Roden, uh, constantly recognized mostly for his right arm, but also a hell of a bass guitarist in the band they like to call the Doormen, because he was once a bouncer at a Southwest Outback Steakhouse. That's a ball up the middle. It gets through. That's the first hit of the inning. Rick Roden does not look happy. Does not look happy. There's a man on first. <laughs> in the dugout, manager Jim Leland smoking a pack of cigarettes. In the dugout. Jim Leland refuses to shave his mustache. It's covered in tobacco. A lot of mustaches on the Pirates in the mid-80s. Tons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trayback had a good one. Mm-hmm. Spanky LaValle had a good one. Hell, Barry had Bonds had a good one. Uh, Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. Oh, Bonilla. Only Andy Van. Van Slyke Clean held shaven. out. Andy Van Slyke was like, no mustache for me. Thank no. you. And Jay Bell. Jay Bell. Well, they lived in that under that Buck Showalter regime <laughs> of life. No shaving. I mean, no facial hair. No shaving. No shaving. Oh, boy, Josh. Uh, we did it again. Here we did it. Afternoon. We, we really did. We, uh, we're Our both 21st show. Ken. 21st episode. Hey, that's a funny thing to say. 21st episode. 21 episodes. We should uh, have a drink. We should. What did you do on your 21st birthday? I was in the. I was in Italy. On my study abroad in on college. Lake Como? No, I was in Roma. Roma. I see Roma. Okay. Uh, we had, I had class, it was on a Monday night, mm. this I remember. Uh, we had cla- I had class till 9 p.m. on my 21st birthday because every wow. Monday I took class from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. So I didn't have to take class the rest, the, the, the rest of the week. Smart. That's right? smart. Got out. I was drinking in my last class. My buddy, we had brought wine into right. class because it's Italy. They don't care. And, <laughs> Encourage um, it. Yeah. So we finished a couple of bottle wine in cla- a couple of bottles of wine in class. Yeah. And then we ran down, met uh, a bunch of our friends for dinner, drank more wine, wow. and then went to this bar and then went to like four more bars. And my I, when I woke up in the morning, we had started like putting how many shots I had on my arm in Sharpie. And then they started just getting like out of control and looked like I had like 30, but I think it was just a scribbly, just a scribbly mess, mess of the whole thing. It's a good way to trace your night. Yeah. 
and when I woke up, uh, my shirt and like shirt and jacket was still perfectly intact, and I was pantless from the waist <laughs> down. And there was a girl in my bed that I had no idea who she was. Flapping, dingling, flapping, dingling. Uh, a girl next to her. Yeah, I was like, oh, hello. Yeah, <laughs> she well, was American, but oh, okay. uh, you know, it's well, a, it's, you know. It's, uh, your twenty first. How'd you go? A little different, a little okay. different. Um, I was working at the radio station at the time, but I had I had the morning show, okay. and I used to hang out with a, the my friend who was the night DJ. She was a very attractive, uh, vivacious young lady, and okay. I had a big crush on her. We were friends, but it As wasn't you, you know it was one of those like are we what are we? And I was too much of a wimp to to do anything uh, okay. you know in terms of like hey would you like to have a date with me? Uh, so we just remained close friends. Um, so on my twenty first birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hung out with her at the radio station. We drank some Dr. Pepper, played some Star Wars Monopoly. Um, <laughs> and I drove her home, and she's changed from her sweatpants to her sexy little dress. Um, and I drove her to a bar up in San Luis Obispo. She got out and said goodnight, and I went home. Get the hell out. You didn't even go into the bar? No. No, I didn't uh, I didn't drink back then, remember? That was me. I was like, I don't, I don't drink. Oh, and that was my okay. 21st birthday. I went home to my parents' you house and just uh, went to bed. Oh. Yeah. You can see where you can see where you by the time you met me, Josh, I'd yeah. gone through some dramatic changes. Yeah, I'll say. But still a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's that the, was the problem. Trust the process, Ken. Yeah, trust, trust the, the process. process. Yep. Now I'd be like, 31 slashes <laughs> on your arm, Josh. We can get to 32. As you drop her off. We'll see you tomorrow <laughs> night. <laughs> Oh, that is the afternoons for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, well, subscribe, uh, rate and review on Tell Apple Podcasts, share, um, make some fan art, do all those things. <laughs> hey, if, if you make fan art and you want to send it to send us, it we'll to, put it we'll in the just, back. You can reach out. We'll DM. We'll give you an address that uh, we'll pretend is ours. And then, uh, yeah, you hear we're recording. It seemed like there was uh, either an earthquake or an airplane at Burbank <laughs> crashed on us. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Um, but uh, and on YouTube, uh, you get the special editions on the Makuga Show, on the Makuga Show YouTube page. Josh Makuga Show. And yep. you get the previews on my channel, Ken Napsock. And, yeah, I know, every week. Why don't we put these in full? I'll tell you what, because 90% of the time, what I videotape this podcast with dies halfway through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, um, it's going good. Oh. Also, if we have the full episodes, Josh and I have to flip a coin to see whose YouTube channel gets it, because I don't think we want to start an afternoon's YouTube channel. No, we really don't. We don't even upload to it. We don't even do anything Unless with Unless you are a very rich musical producer who's tired of musicals and just wants to donate a million dollars to us. And that can't. And that, that way, we'll, we'll make a YouTube channel and an afternoon's music. No problem. We can burn through that million without a problem. I could spend a million in a weekend. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's Josh McCuga. You can follow him at Josh McCuga. Anything Twitter. you want to highlight, buddy? Uh, I have. If you're listening to the show and you are looking for something to do this Sunday night in Los Angeles, I am putting on a charity stand-up oh, show yeah. for the Battle Buddy Foundation. I'm hosting it. Got some great comics on the lineup. Hopefully Ken yeah. Napsock can uh, make an appearance. If not... We'll uh, talk about it. I've okay. uh, I got a... I'm actually somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. No worries. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's it, great. Battle Buddy Foundation pairs dogs with vets with PTSD. Oh, uh, veterans, great. not actual vets. Yeah. Uh, that have dealt with mean dogs. 
uh, veterans from you know f- that have fought for our freedom. <laughs> Very thoughtful, serious charity. But now I'm laughing, yeah. just thinking of we pair uh, dogs with veterinarians. Yeah. Well, that doesn't happen normally. Yeah. Uh, Twenty bucks at the comedy store in the main room. Uh, Eight Ooh. o'clock showtime. Seven o'clock doors. Uh, there's some fun giveaways. A great comics. Hopefully some special guests. Okay. So uh, should be a great night of comedy. If you guys want to come out and see that, I'd love to love the support. Great. That's great. It's still still a chance I might be there. Uh, okay. Uh, you can just follow me at Cadnapsuck. That includes, like I said, the YouTube channel. A lot of things going on over there, including Motivations with Ken and classic encore presentations of the Napsuck Files older episodes. You might even get to hear the one with Josh McCuga back in 2013. He moly. thought he would never get married. Here I and am. And I agreed with him, you know? We'll see. <laughs> That's a fun memory lane episode. <laughs> Uh, you can also, if you like Star Wars, you know I do Force Center as well. So that is it. The Afternoons with Josh and Ken. A silly look at a serious world. Doesn't matter when you listen, Ken. It's always the Afternoons. And we'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs>